I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. Ladies, we all have different symptoms that time of the month. For me, my energy level happens to just dip insanely and I just feel a little down, you know, a little sluggish. And so I'm happy to share Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, and they are dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And so here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So, Hormone Harmony is for any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances, and it's perfect for symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas when you have no desire to get in bed next to someone if you know what I mean, and also hot flashes and night sweats if you happen to be going through menopause. It's really great for women with menopause. So yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code MAGIC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code MAGIC for 15% off today. Your hormones will thank you. Hello, hello, I'm 
Jaima, Jaima, dear listener, and Yomi's. It's Raquel, and this is part two of a Q and A series where I am answering in depth some Yomi questions that were sent in. So I already recorded this when I recorded the last episode, and I deleted the entire hour of the second half and seeing this my heart I was like no but then after a deep breath I realized perhaps this was meant to happen for a reason you know after recording for one hour and continuing on for another hour maybe I don't know because I never got to re-listen but who knows maybe it wasn't exactly what the universe wanted me to share who knows but I just trust that this is supposed to be the case for whatever reason or I just made a mindless error and it is what it is so I've accepted it I've accepted it though it sucked in the moment I've accepted it anyway might as well just jump right in shall we so this very first question for part two I'm gonna answer is from Funk Shui who asks how do we reconnect with our intuition after ignoring it for so long in a long-term relationship only to find that it was all true in the end that uneasy feeling was right all along Mm, beautiful question and it sounds like you've already found your answer but the one thing to build now is that trust so that feeling that you felt when you first entered this long-term relationship that uneasy feeling was there and is still there your intuition your intuitive guidance will never leave you it's only the mind that will distract you and of course i'm sure that there is some narratives in your mind that may be heavily influenced by whatever the long-term relationship taught you and therefore you might feel as though your mind is thinking as though you're disconnected with your intuition but you're not still there perhaps just a little softer now, a little more quiet. And you can reconnect again in any any moment. But first, you need some time. You need some time to create some space, some sacred space around you and eliminate the distractions around you, any sort of external noise that will deviate your attention from whatever you're feeling within you. And you don't need to ask or expect anything from this, but I do highly recommend, without any expectation, simply sitting in a quiet space by yourself without anyone around and draw your awareness to the space where you feel connected to your intuition, whether that is your gut or your heart. Some people say that they feel more connected in their mind's eye, which be careful because sometimes it could also be influenced by the ego, I think. But who am I to say that that's not true, you know? So wherever you feel connected to that intuitive guidance and if anything, send that space some gratitude, some appreciation for existing within you. So you can connect to 
this guidance to the spirit within because the spirit's always there. The guidance is always there within you. And then if you want to begin building your trust muscle, simply just like any exercise where it needs some repetition, begin to ask this intuitive guidance questions throughout the day and see what may come through. Usually the inner voice is a small, still whisper with little to say, but speaks volumes. And again, it's best to hear this space in a state of meditation or prayer in a quiet place, especially on your own, as it's easy for others to influence the small, still voice within you at times, depending on the situation. But this inner voice, this guidance system, is that spiritual connection within you whose desire is to make sure that your human is nurtured and taken care of and remembers that it's always safe and loved. <laughs> so to hear this voice more often and to feel it more and trust it, that this is the guidance within, is to begin communicating more not ignoring it, communicating within more, tuning within more and more, even for small trivial things such as what do I want to eat or where should I go for this hike today. Though not going to lie, I think the soul, the inner voice is usually, especially when it comes to hiking anywhere that's beautiful, the soul is like, you know, either works, it's going to be a beautiful experience. <laughs> or even when it comes to food, I think the soul's like, you know, whatever you feel like your human wants, it's all going to be okay as long as you let go of the guilt and the societal programming because that's what's going to be the energetic barriers more than anything else. But that's completely a whole nother topic and I don't want to get carried away. But to keep it simple, make a conscious effort to simply open a dialogue with your intuitive guidance more often and see where it leads you and if you ever feel like if you ever question it or something feels off perhaps feel into it whether that is your mind because of the programming from your last relationship or societal programming or if that is truly what your guidance system is sending you we're always connected we don't ever have to reconnect we're always connected but building that trust muscle by listening more is key, 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 key for your human to trust her, his, their own inner guidance. And if you feel as though, oh, there's a lawnmower in the background now, so I hope it's not too distracting. But, well, that's actually my next point, though, is speaking of distractions, is I highly, highly, highly recommend if you can, whether that is half a day, maybe even a full day, Maybe even two, though that's asking a lot, I understand. But if there's any way you can put your phone away, maybe let your loved ones know that you're putting your phone away and turn off your computer. I love doing this. Having a complete detox from the external world and spending the day writing and reading nonfiction or any sort of self-improvement books or spiritual books and spending a lot of time in self-inquiry, some time in deep meditations, I guarantee you will, you will hear that voice and you'll hear her, him, them so strongly 
because you are not influenced by the external world for a moment. And also, I highly recommend challenging a lot of your belief systems and your paradigm. And is there anything that's that has been swayed by any sort of collective or community or group think? And stripping away those layers as well, like I've even challenged my own belief systems that have indeed been influenced by even the spiritual community. And that's allowed me to see what feels true for me and what doesn't. And not everything is likely to align because we're all wired so differently. And so it's something to honor and it's something to, I highly recommend, encourage, implore everyone to take a day where they step away from the noise of the world or some time because I understand that some people are mamas or fathers or they have other people that depend on them. So yeah, maybe you might not have the privilege of spending the entire day alone unless you went on your own retreat that other people honored. But if you can, as soon as possible, maybe even this weekend, carve out some time to put away the noise and do a lot of writing and self-reflecting and meditating. And that voice will come through if you really cannot hear it in this moment or you question whether or not this is the voice because of many different layers that may be influencing it, then I highly recommend carving out that time. It's one of those things that you have to come back to from time to time. I, myself, it's a continual practice. I have to continue to check within because it's so easily, especially this day and age, to listen to what the majority of the world is saying and it's great to be aware of what's going on and it's great to strive to make a difference and help make the world a better place. It's also so important to ask yourself guidance team, guidance system, the spirit within, what would you like my human to focus on or what would you like my human to feel or how can I show up as love in this moment? Or how can I thank you for always, always guiding me and bringing me blessings? Begin opening up the dialogue in writing or in meditation or in prayer. And I know you'll hear her, he, them. <laughs> Ooh, and you know how I love finding questions that piggyback off each other? Well, this one from Ale underscore Pavon M is great as well. She says, emoji heart, your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Was wondering how to have a deeper connection with spirit guides. The golden question that many spiritualists first ask as how wonderful is it to be open to the thought, the idea, the perspective that we are guided by the universe at all times. And we, as individual humans who only can see this narrow perspective of reality and whatever's in this dimension, can only see so much. So the fact or the idea that there are these guides as messengers from the universe, from God, that are assigned to us to help this human experience 
the most of this human experience, however, the soul wanted to experience. And of course, this is one of many perspectives that us earthlings carry in this world. And to be honest, though this is one that I fully believe in and see as though this is true, it's true for me, I also do honor whatever other people believe. You know, some people may call a spirit guide. I know in the Mormon religion, their spirit guide is considered the Holy Ghost. I believe Christian as well, but I'm more familiar with the way Mormons see the Holy Ghost. And I know that there's a difference because they don't believe in the Trinity. But I see this Holy Ghost or this spirit guide as pretty much the same guidance team. And to think that though there are different names for these spirit guides, depending on people's religion or spiritual perspective, to think that most people still believe this and feel this does speak volumes and wonders to the possibilities that we really are always guided by some spirit that is the bridge, the messenger between God through you and guiding you. So... (laughs) If you are open to this idea, this possibility, and you want to deepen this connection with these spirit guides because you feel perhaps, th- oh my gosh, I'm saying this and it's 1111. It's 1111, one of my many signs that spirit's waving high and that everything's okay. Even on my bad days where I don't feel aligned, I'll see 1111 and it's a simple beautiful reminder to my human that it's all going to be fine it's all okay it's all all right and that i'm not alone and that my spirit guides have got me so there's so much beauty i believe into believing in these spirit guides as whatever path this human was supposed to walk perhaps they're the kind of human that doesn't care to be open to spirit guides and i think that they're aware of this so they're okay with this but if you do feel like you're an intuitive or even maybe an empath and you feel that there's more beyond what you can physically see in this reality and you feel as though something's always guiding you or protecting you, something is around you and you want to deepen this connection, well, just like with the small still voice where you may even hear that voice from your spirit guides is since we're all one it's nearly one in the same open the dialogue with the guides do not ignore them it's more easy for the human to open to them if the human's willing to invite them in what made me start to believe in them is gabby bernstein that that opened this thought that opened this idea that spirit guides exist because she asks for a message that if they're around to show her a dragonfly and she did end up seeing a dragonfly picture or something like that and so I've asked for many times especially when I fall out and I don't feel like they're around or I feel like I just need more proof I guess or I just need to see that they're around to make me feel better I'll ask for little signs like show me a bear in time or show me angel wings, show me a hummingbird or show me 444 and maybe you'll see this on a street sign or on someone's tattoo or you see the angel wings 
miraculously like for myself I walked into this museum and I was sitting on this bench and I wasn't paying attention I was in a lot of I was in a dark space and then I look up and I see the angel wings that I asked to see and I was mind blown so you can ask for a sign just to see if they're around and then when they send you that message if you see that message because you have to be open to receiving and seeing the message then continue opening up that dialogue continue letting them know that you are thankful for them continue writing to them sometimes I'll write in my journal dear guides dear spirit guides or dear angels I don't think that they care about their name so much you can write dear holy ghost <laughs> They're not going to dismiss you, ignore you, hate you if you don't communicate or connect with them. But I do believe it does help the human a lot when you do feel guided and you feel their comfort, you feel their angel wings. I also highly recommend sitting down with your hands, your palms open and asking for them to hold your hand and see what sensation may come. And with the understanding that you're not likely to see them in physical form, perhaps they don't even have a physical form, but that they communicate with you in other ways that is not normal communication by sending you signs and messages or they even may use another human as a messenger. Becoming more open to that will indeed spark that trust. And to be honest, we can't have a deeper connection with them than we already do. We are always deeply connected with them, I believe at least. I do believe that we're always deeply connected with them, whether we're acknowledging them or not, because how deep can it get? You are basically one soul. But I do believe that we can open to them more as a human for nurturing our humanisms and receiving their guidance and their messages and feeling that connection for that sense of comfort and love. So I love this question and you're deeply connected at all times. Just know that. And it's exciting to open to the magic that they always bring you. I truly, truly believe they have a lot to do with the miracles that come into our lives. All right, well, I want to continue to keep this light. I'm feeling lifted right now. Let's do a simple question like, okay, this one's from my girl, Lauren Hendricks. Lauren, I see you. And I like this question a lot. Can you describe yourself as a teenager? What were you like and things you enjoyed doing? You know, I was going to have one of my best friends from back home, Sid, send something in. He was also on a previous episode around this time last year, I believe, or in July of last year and have him describe myself as a teenager, but I never got around to doing that, so I guess I'm going to have to describe myself. Well, as a teen, I didn't believe in spirit guides, I'll tell you that. In fact, I was more, I would go on and off with being apathetic, agnostic, or, you know, maybe even a little atheist. There were times when I really didn't believe in any higher power until I saw the secret, the law of attraction in a PE class at my performing arts high school. And because I wanted so, I wanted to manifest becoming an actress so much, that was everything to me. I literally watched the secret like 15 times or more 
perhaps my favorite pastime to really understand this law of attraction though, there was a big missing piece there which had to do with also taking the inspired action. But I did start to open more to this idea that there's a higher power once I finally saw the secret. And that did actually bring a lot more peace within me. I experienced like many hormonal teenagers, mood swings. I was pretty, you know, I, I could be depressed, but I also really wanted to live my life to the fullest. I felt like, I, I felt so happy with the friendships I had, so grateful. And I'm, I still feel so grateful for them because I'm still in contact with many of them, which is amazing. And I feel very grateful for that. I loved to party. I was a curious person. I was a, an experimental person, a rebellious person. <laughs> I was a rebellious teen indeed. I had this mentality where I would try anything once or twice. <laughs> Oh my, but, and so I did get in some trouble. Yes, even with the law sometimes. And it's not the fault of my parents. My parents were nothing but lovely. Sure, we had our family issues. I mean, who doesn't? But nothing can tie down a natural free spirit. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Let's see. I like these questions from gupduck213. And she asks very simple questions. We'll pretend that this is like a random fire round with random easy questions. I probably could have saved this till the end, but you know, I'm pulled here right now for whatever reason. So this is from GUPDuck213 who asks, fave animal, fave place you've ever been, fave meal to cook, and best advice you've ever received. Ooh, okay, well first, animal. I did a report on elephants in third grade and from there on they were always my favorite animal and they're still one of my favorite animals but I've also added quite a few because why limit our favorite to just one even though I know that's the purpose but I, I could not decide I could not tell you my heart loves my heart loves a bald eagle my heart loves a dolphin, my heart loves an owl, along with lions, all big cats, and small cats and dogs, and tigers and bears. So it's, it's, favorite animal question is now rough on me, but if I had to choose one, I'd probably stick with my favorite since I was eight years old, which is an elephant. And fave place I've ever been, Ubud Bali, as that place genuinely feels like medicine for the soul, magic for the soul. In fact, I believe Ubud means medicine in Indonesian or perhaps it's Balinese, but there is some sort of spellbinding magic that happens within you. It's like you're hypnotized under this beautiful Bali spell, which I very much welcome this sort of hypnosis. <laughs> and I feel deeply connected to my guides, to my soul, to my intuitive guidance. It feels extremely loud there, which is beautiful. And yeah, I just, I love Ubud, Bali. I do, I do, I do. Mm, and Park City, Utah. Park City, Utah's home. And then fave meal to cook. See, the thing is, is that I love simple meals to make, though trust me, if I go out, I love something that is gourmet and rich and flavorful and dense. 
but when I am home, I like to keep it simple, as in have a pre-made marinara waiting for me and make pasta or something that's easy to cook. But man, my favorite, you know, I do love to make desserts though. I think that's so fun to make, especially raw vegan desserts, like a nice raw vegan cheesecake. Mm, it is the best. Hmm. Okay, so favorite meal, I'll just say a veggie stir fry. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say, veggie stir fry. <laughs> There's that, and then best advice I've ever received. Ooh. Given the nature of this podcast, having a variety of old souls and wise guests on, that's extremely hard for me to narrow it down to one piece of advice that I find the most helpful. However, what comes to heart in this moment is a message that I heard more recently that has really stuck with me which is by Dr. Wayne Dyer. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And we talk an awful lot about a shift in perspective. Whenever we feel stuck, we feel stagnant, we feel held back in some way, or our mind is making us feel less than, or our environment feels toxic and unhealthy, it's so true that we are not bound to this experience. We don't have to feel tied to what it is. Perhaps there's something that if we open our minds and our hearts, we can open to and we can open to change. We don't have to be bound to whatever we feel like the narrative of our experience is because it it's just simply that. It's just a narrative. It's just a perspective. And there's a variety of perspectives in this world. And if there's something that's going to make you even happier, you don't have to stay where you're at. You can change. And as you change and as you open and as you evolve and as you choose yourself and you choose love and you choose acceptance and compassion, then the things around you really do change. And I personally can't be bound to any sort of definition or limit myself to any perspective my spirit is so free-flowing and rapidly evolving and changing and that's honestly what makes me happy and accepting that and accepting that I don't have to be seen in a certain light or be defined in a certain way or placed in a certain box is the most freeing thing in the world for me so I've allowed my conscious self to change from many perspectives and question many beliefs in any community I'm a part of and if something doesn't resonate or something doesn't feel right that's okay and being open to the change and therefore your reality changes and whatever makes you feel free and liberated that's what's meant for your human and for your soul and so it's okay it's okay to change it really is oh man I'm starting to forget which ones I answered in part one and which ones I answered in part two because I'm looking at these and I remember responding to them but I'm like why are they in part one okay I don't think I answered this one in part one which is what have you found helpful in breaking out of dualistic black and white thinking mm. Whew. This could be a heavy question. I want to do my best to keep it light and to keep it concise as I could make this complex 
but first of all, thank you for this question. And this is from grateful.lex. I'm sure you know what dualistic thinking is since you asked, but for those that might not know of what the term is, you of course are aware of its existence, the concept of it, as there are likely many people in your life who who see things, most things, as black or white, or good or evil, or right or wrong, or us versus them. And though, of course, we're human and not fully immune to being completely alleviated from any dualistic perspective or thinking, as there are some things that need to be addressed in this world, such as injustices and so on, there are, of course, cases where if we could let go of this dualistic perspective and be open to compassion or understanding of where people might be coming from, it would eliminate a lot of tension and division in this world, in this reality, and also alleviate a lot of anxieties and pain within the human's heart. And though it's going to take some time, consciously expand to that level of awareness of our oneness and of our intention for good and intention for helping others. So again, bringing up Dr. Wayne Dyer, he talks about this as it's treating your mind like a rental space for thoughts and beliefs of others. And so, like I said, this could be complex and we can do a deep dive, but to scratch the surface of this, for most people, when they think of dualistic thinking, they're thinking of someone who is completely immersed in one community or culture and following every piece of that collective's group think. Notice that there are politicians, for example, that who knows what they truly believe, but they do continue to preach and share what they feel like their collective, their community wants to hear because it's a polarized view that has to, for whatever reason, oppose the other side's view. And that type of thinking is, instead of coming to something that everybody can understand and agree on, instead it just creates more division and toxicity. And so for my own life personally, though of course I have my own beliefs and values, and I have my own perspective of reality. I also have friends that might have, might see the world in a different light or in a different way than I do. And to be honest, unless it's going to be harmful for others or, or it creates more injustice for others, I still love them and I don't think anything less of them. I don't judge them for their beliefs because everybody has a right to believe whatever they believe in given their reality and bringing awareness to the idea that perhaps their soul came here to have a particular human experience and though it looks different than your own that's okay and their nature their human nature and their makeup and it's kind of a sticky situation right because if it there are any injustices that are leading to oppression or systemic oppression or harming other humans or animals or the environment i deeply do not agree and want to help bring awareness and progress to those situations 
But if I'm pointing the finger and calling the opposing view evil, why would they listen to me? So I think in order to step beyond the dualistic thinking and open your heart, connecting more with that inner voice will often welcome more love and compassion for all. But even going beyond that, that sort of esoteric narrative, it doesn't hurt for any human to ask themselves with deep reflection, are there perspectives of my reality that come from a collective group think or that are a narration from what I'm told? And is there any other possibilities beyond this that don't lead to toxic hostility? or any sort of us versus them mentality, or any sort of I'm on a pedestal, or I am better than this other human. Any sort of better than mentality is not going to help the progression towards unity. So though you didn't ask me about the how, you asked me what have you found helpful in breaking out of dualistic thinking. And like I said, I'm not fully immune but with the intention of non-division, I have found more compassion for others and I'm more open to listening to others' perspectives without feeling that trigger. It's alleviated anger and inner pain when I listen to others and not feel so triggered by whoever they are that it makes me erupt. Instead, I feel calm and I feel like my heart is open, my mind is open, and that I can connect with anybody. And so that's what I find helpful more than anything else. But I also understand that this could seem easy for me to say given my white privilege. So I also try to be open to that and not state this as a blinded fact, even though it's something that is often taught. I always question why is this even taught in the first place and how can we go deeper? But again, that's a whole nother conversation, even given this context of escaping dualistic thinking. It m might not be fully avoidable unless you're living under a rock or completely apathetic to what's going on in the world. And I deeply respect those that care and that are passionate about what they believe in. So. I think that this is a deeply personal thing for other people to look at for themselves. And it doesn't hurt to ask if you've gotten carried away with believing in whatever the community you feel like you're a part of. Have you gotten carried away with fully immersing yourself and believing everything that they say? If so, there might be some things to question. Because you don't want anyone to control your mind. That's why it's always emphasized to go back to that small, still voice, that inner voice, the guidance. And I hope that answered it. It's so complex. I could seriously dive into every little bit that I shared there more in depth. <laughs> but trying to just scratch the surface of it, I hope that that made sense. So thank you for this question, Lex. All right. Amy Cat asks, Besides the Yomi Facebook group, how do you connect with like-minded seekers in your city or town? Well, first of all, thank you for shouting out the Yomi Facebook group for anybody who is seeking connection for souls who are also connected to wanting to explore more of their own soul while also honoring others and their spiritual experience. Along with whatever the human is going through, there are compassionate souls in the Euro Magic Facebook group that are ready to 
hear you, see you, reach their arms out, and you may even come across someone who's going through something similar to you, and you can reach out and help them too. And it's just a great way to connect with other beautiful souls. But me personally, when it comes to seeking this connection in my own city or town, I'm not personally actively seeking any sort of relationships. I'm very content with the friendships and relationships I have now, but I'm also one of those humans that believes in we will divinely align with the right people in one way, shape, or form. And most people I have met is because I went out there and I explored the world and I met friends through friends and I was open to, if I was going through something, my human was into support groups and seeking that support, seeking that help. And so the first step is becoming open. If you're not already becoming open to experiencing something new because who knows who the universe will deliver to you, what new friendships you will make and form from it. So if you are right now someone who doesn't really feel comfortable going out given the state of the world right now, totally understand. And if that's the case, there are so many other along with the Euro Magic Facebook group, but whatever your human's going through, I'm sure that there's a support group that you can connect with and feel seen and feel as though you are not alone in this experience, whatever the experience is. And whenever you feel ready to meet more people in person or online, follow that nudge. But of course, there's no formula to connect, but I highly, highly implore anybody who feels alone and isolated and wants to make more friends maybe it's in the spiritual space or some other human experience that you want to connect with i highly recommend finding a support group online for that specific need i'm assuming you're talking about just spiritual humans well i'm telling you yoga Yoga is one place to go where I'm sure you'll find a lot of like-minded, amazing humans. Maybe there's a meditation uh, group that is nearby, and that's usually where we can connect with others. Or there's a workshop. There could be some sort of goddess workshop, a full moon ceremony nearby. So to actively seek events like that or classes like yoga or meditation classes nearby, I'm sure you'll meet some amazing, like-minded people you can connect with and relate to. Also, I apologize for the lawnmower in the back. Oh, I don't hear it anymore. Perhaps they are finally done, but I don't have my sound barrier in front of me right now to block the sounds, which I kind of don't want anyways because I love hearing the birds in the background, and I hope that you can hear those too, but Yes, I hope that that isn't too distracting. My mic usually is pretty good at just picking up my voice, but I wanted to add that in just in case. Anyway, and this will be one of the last. Well, this one piggybacks off this last one, which is from Dearest Me underscore stories in words. Ever struggle with insecurities around friendships, like feeling you're no one's first? 100% I used to experience this so intensely, especially in my younger years. And I would feel like I was the third wheel at all times. And it's simply because I 
struggled to love and find the friend within myself because I felt like I didn't deserve it due to my traumas in the past of feeling isolated and unworthy of friendships, unworthy of even being liked or even being seen by others because of my childhood experiences. Because it's something that happened before seven years old, it's something that was ingrained in me and It wasn't until I found the worth within myself and the friend within myself, I was able to let go of that narrative. What did you love about your little girl when you were a little girl? I'm curious if you could ask yourself, what did you love most about your little girl? And if you can remember her, can you visualize yourself giving her the love that she deserves? And looking at the friends that are around you, if you feel like you're being mistreated in any way. First of all, it's okay to either have boundaries or distance yourself from any sort of toxicity that feels unhealthy or harmful to your human, painful to your human, because everyone deserves friendship and everyone deserves true friends. And so would you allow your little girl, that inner child, to be friends with people like the friends you're with and be treated the way they treat you. Now, that's also something to really look at. Are they not treating you well? Or is it just a narrative in your mind that they're not treating you well? Or are they treating you well? You just feel not as deeply connected as you would like with an individual, which this day and age, we're in an isolated epidemic. That's why this question is so beautiful because so many people feel alone. And so I hope that just like the answer of the last question, you seek support and love, but also most importantly, give it to yourself. And also sometimes we have to take self-accountability. Like, is there something that we're doing too much of? Are we crossing boundaries? It never hurts to reflect and bring some self-awareness and self-accountability in. And though you're likely not doing anything wrong, It just never hurts to ask the question to yourself because you might be surprised what you will find. But the most important thing in this is I hope, and I know you will, and I know you can, especially with deep reflection and knowing the beauty within you, I know you can find this beautiful being and life that deserves all the friends in the world that love you. For me, personally, my first would be my mom and dad, but I just know you deserve the world, and I hope that you spend some time connecting and becoming your own friend, and I know as you do, you'll attract amazing friendships, and you show the universe as well what you will tolerate and what you won't. (laughs) All right, I believe I have a little bit of fuel left to answer one or two more this one's simple. Mary Amon Earth. And I don't think I answered this one in the last episode, part one. She asks, where do you, when do you pack up and move to LA? Oh my, that's so wild to think about that I'm going to be moving back to LA. But to answer your question, I intend on being there late summer, early fall. (laughs) That was an easy one to answer, but yeah, that's what I intend to do. But 
it is possible that it could be even sooner. The next question is, I don't believe I answered this last time. What's your favorite color and why? For some reason, I feel purples and yellows. <laughs> this is from Rakalaya. Did I answer this last time? I hope not, but so uh, yes, I love purples and I love yellows, but specifically pastel purples and yellows and pinks and blues and greens. I love pastel colors. I think it's because they just give this light, airy essence to them. They bring this sweetness to them that is very attractive to me. So I love pastel colors. Out of all pastel colors, probably pastel pink, blue, and green all the same, like a mint green. You know, I like a mint green and a sky blue and or a lavender. <laughs> Just a very light pastel pink. So I love pastels, but I don't know the spiritual reasoning for them. And now I want to Google it. <laughs> okay. So it says right here, what do pastel colors symbolize? It says pastel colors represents neutrality. They are peaceful and soft. There you go. Oh, pastel colors represents clarity, innocence, cleanliness, spirituality, purity, hope, expansiveness, and openness. That's the psychology behind pastel colors. There we go. Okay. Well, makes sense. I would consider myself very drawn and attracted to all the above in humans in life experience so there we go <laughs> that makes the world of sense wow all right this question from abigail mosher is a very good question that i do not feel qualified to answer except for simply just sharing my personal experience which abigail asks how have you dealt with adhd and i understand there's a lot of people that don't even believe ADHD exists, which I personally don't think is fair as someone who has dealt with this human experience her entire life. And no, I've never taken medication. I've just finally been able to connect with something that has framework around this particular human experience. And therefore, it makes me feel seen in some way and it makes my human feel understood. I have this little pre-ritual thing that I do before I get into this state of flow, which works nine times out of 10, and I'll get into this flow and I'll begin to just hyper-focus. So I have my little cacao, uh, my hot cacao, and then I meditate, and I just know, or I meditate and then get my hot cacao, and then I step right in. And my mind just knows it is about to hyper-focus and then it gets into the flow nine times out of ten. Sometimes it will last hours, sometimes it will only last minutes, but it's okay. And I've become more compassionate for my human and her human experience. And so, by the way, I'm not knocking anybody that takes medication. I'm not somebody that sees the world in that way because I think that humans know what's best for them or will do what they feel at that time works for them. So no shame, no shame, but it's seriously knowing this, having the framework has brought more compassion and understanding and has helped my human in a lot of ways. So I love that you asked this question and... When it comes to just needing to focus or be productive, having a ritual that sets me up for knowing its flow has trained my mind to know, okay, we're about to get into flow. 
<laughs> okay, and then I think I have energy for one more question. How about this? From seasons.of.fall. How do you respond to gossip? And do you think venting with a friend you trust can ever be okay? Well, good question. One, I guess I would first define gossip as a conversation or reporting on an event about another person that might not necessarily be true, (laughs) but also might not necessarily not be true. And so how do I respond to gossip? I don't respond. I don't mind as well as I know whoever is choosing to gossip, if it's with ill intentions, that just means that's their own issue they're going through. And if it's just gossiping about something innocent or just something trivial or just sharing a story about a person, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Uh, But do I also think that venting to a friend you trust can never be okay. Well, personally, if it's not about me, if it's not my business, I probably am less likely or not even likely to vent to a friend about it. Uh, But if it does involve me and it's something I'm going through, then of course, what are friends for, you know? I mean, obviously, friends, friends are there to have fun with, but also to connect with and have someone a shoulder to lean on, you know? And so, however, since gossip is inevitable and sometimes we can get looped looped into something where we're gossiped about, like I said before with the Wayne Dyer quote, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so if someone says something negative about me, I see it as now, because I've changed the way I looked at this thing, I see it more as now they're just having a hard time in life and For whatever reason, they chose you as their outlet, but it's really not personal towards you. And so, therefore, when I am gossiped about or something negative comes my way, that's not necessarily true. Well, the way I look at it has now changed because I understand it's really more of a reflection of what they're going through and it's not about me. And so I feel fine with it and not triggered by it or less triggered by it and more empathetic and sympathetic. So... Yeah, I think that that is something to keep in mind. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. What a way to wrap this up, by the way. I hope that you enjoyed these yummy question and answers. And I hope that you gathered up some nuggets for your own self that may resonate with you or that you may relate to and know that you're not alone and that your human is perfectly fine and wonderful just as is and beautiful just as is and I can't wait to do another Q&A soon I've got another solo for you Monday but I have some amazing guests coming up some that are have already been recorded a while ago like Gabrielle Bernstein and Melissa Ambrosini Aaron Claire Jones and of course Bree Melanson and some newer guests that haven't been on here before as well so yep next week next Monday another solo and then a lot of guests coming up so I was happy to have all of these solos this past month and I'll let you know on my Instagram when I do another Q&A and I'd love to answer your question and you can make it personal for you, personal for me, whatever it is. Anyway, 
Sending so much love. I hope you have a magical rest of your weekend and hopefully connect with you energetically on Monday next week for Magic Monday. Jaima. Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the Euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.